Hello and welcome to the Swinging Bunt Podcast. Here we are, myself, James, and Toby. We're going to bring a really good show to you today. We've got a lot to talk about. No really huge topics, but like 50 small topics. So should be a fun show. Wes is off watching the Rockets game with his dad. Something stupid like Family that. time or something stupid. Now we can bash on the Astros since he's not yeah. going to with the Indians last yes, week. Yes, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, yeah. I need to address that first off. Stop no, calling out my Indians. Our show. <laughs> continue on, sir. I, I, uh, I don't appreciate that. Your high that. heat already lost. <laughs> hey, I haven't. Weeks, one yeah, minute. Hey, I have <laughs> yeah. not brought up the Indians yet. You brought them up, okay? So I don't need True. to hear it. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, looking at our show doc, it's not very promising. <laughs> 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 All right. Anyways, this is a swing bunt. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. All right, guys. So. Jump right into the news. Uh, first off, I've got a beautiful mustache, uh, so that's the, the first part of the news. That's I like part, it. The part in it just looks too distinctly white. You need to tan that bad boy. <laughs> It'll be shaved off tomorrow, more than likely. I have a job interview, so I probably want to shave it. Although, just although it. I very well may be wearing a mask the whole time, so I might just rock it. We'll see. I like it. I like it. Go thanks, for it. thanks, Toby. All right, so. We'll start off with some NFL news. This week, the NFL has moved to full padded practice. Um, and for the next two weeks, they'll be doing their full padded practice until the season starts in three weeks. So uh, it's pretty crazy times that we're already into that because it seems like they haven't had the ramp up. This period of time, these two weeks of full pad practice, usually goes from May to September. Um, that's now being jammed into two weeks. So a lot of things aren't going to happen that we usually see happen. Um, we won't have any preseason games. Rookies aren't getting their OTAs. There's just not a lot that's going to be going on. Or there's a lot that will be going on in these two weeks. It's usually stretched out over a lot of time. Players like Cam Newton, who are learning a whole new playbook and a whole new team, are having to adjust to that team in two weeks. I think that we're going to see some shaky, shaky play in the first few weeks of the NFL season. Yep. Speaking of Cam Newton and the New England Patriots, uh, the Patriots have listed Cam Newton and Jarrett nice. Stidham as co-starters. Which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, I I agree. If I mean, you, you ask can't really me, prepare for it. I guess it's a good thing. Yeah, and it's a strategic move that they're going to do, just to try to make sure that no one knows who's going to start. It's dumb. Everyone knows Cam Newton's going to start if he's healthy. Absolutely. He's the more talented player. Or is he? Or is he? That's the question. <laughs> uh, so far in training camp, a lot of the I listen to Patriots media every day, and this is the same media that has said the same thing we just said. If, if healthy, Cam Newton will be the starting quarterback. He has more talent. It's just the case. But so far in the first uh, week and two days, Jarrett Stidham has looked better. Granted, Newton didn't play much last year, and Stidham is used to this offense. But just through the first week and two days, Stidham has looked really good compared to Newton. Now, we are seeing no one in pads last week. People are not going full speed. It's just drills and so on. Um, but I know that, for instance, even today in practice, Newton had a few bad throws. He had a few really good throws, of course, as he can as well. I think that he brings a lot more to the team. Um, I think he will be the starter. But I think there may be a little bit more of a competition there than we assume. I mean, this is Bill Belichick. Nothing is given as the, in the Patriots. So if Newton's going to start, he's going to have to earn it. They're not just going to make him the starter day one. That's just not how the Patriots well, roll. The thing with Newton, he might struggle early as he's getting used to the Patriots system. You're asking a guy that's used to chucking the ball deep down the field and running all around mm -hmm. to go into an offense that's built on short passes, intermediate passes. Yeah, but I don't I mean, think I don't think Toby I, that that's the case. 
I don't think that they're going to make him fit into their offense. I think that Belichick will build the offense around him and build to his strengths and his talents. Or jo- honestly, that's Josh McDaniels, not Bill Belichick that'll be doing that. I think I mean, Josh I McDaniels. That, yeah. They'll they'll feature him and his talents well. I don't doubt that. They're not going to play him like they did in Carolina, where they were just using him like a bulldozer. I don't yeah, think. I agree. So I think so they. going to take. Go ahead. And like you said, he didn't play much last year, so. I think he's got to get used to playing football again mm-hmm. and then playing football in a new system, even though they may build it around him. It's still new. Yeah. So, oh, absolutely. Uh, he's going to struggle. And personally, I think Stidham fits perfectly for the Patriots. I just don't think they were ready to give him the starting job this year. Next year, I think it's his job unless there's another crazy. It's going to be Deshaun Watson. It's going to be Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Guarantee it. Guarantee well, it. Interesting. <laughs> High heat. <laughs> um, but no, okay. I, I think that if there's a team that can best utilize Cam Newton at this stage in his career, I think it is the New England Patriots. So should be good for okay. him and good for the Patriots. If uh, if they don't, if they choose They're not to resign, they in the him. red zone, aren't they? I mean, I guess Brady wasn't too bad, but running wise, they were pretty bad. Weren't Last they? year, they had issue running in the red zone. And I feel like he's going to really help. help that. Even yeah. if it doesn't mean that he's the one directly running into the end zone. Miss. Misdirection. Misdirection. Direction. Yeah. I was gonna say misconception. The, <laughs> misconception. Mean? <laughs> uh, the threat that he'll be able to use those read options Absolutely. and be able to hand it to Sony or pitch it to White or whoever or Damian Harris, whatever's back there. Rex Burkhead apparently has looked insanely good in the first uh, week and two days. Of, I have him. Yeah, me too. A couple leagues. So I'm just saying they've got the options to be able to move that ball around. Something that paid. The Patriots haven't done for years with Tom Brady. They now are able to open up that playbook quite a bit. So we'll see what happens with that. In other news, the Cleveland Indians have defeated the Detroit Tigers 20 times in a row. And this weekend, they will have a chance to break the record for one team beating the mo- beating another team most times in a row. I think it was um, the Orioles were involved on that side. I don't remember what it is. I believe <laughs> the, the record. Side. I don't know. It could have been no winning idea. or losing. They used to be good. Um, but the record was a 23, I believe, and I believe, or no, 22, and they play a three-game series this weekend. So they've got a chance to surpass that record if they can continue to sweep the Tigers. Um, and in other news, Justin Fields has created a petition for the Big Ten to resume plans to play football this year. And within one day, had well over 100,000 signatures. Um, I don't know if this is something that the coaches or leadership or um, uh, what's it called? Administration guys. Um, ads. Yes, athletic, athletic directors or whoever's in charge of these decision makings. I don't know if this is something they'd ever take seriously or if they would revisit it. I mean, twelve out of fourteen teams did vote to uh, postpone the season until at least the spring. So I don't know. I just think that this really does hurt the uh, future careers of these Big Ten players if they don't get a chance to play at all. Because as far as scouting goes, there won't be the film on them. I mean, Justin Fields could have very easily been a candidate for the Heisman this year. And now he won't have that opportunity if the season's not played at all. Um, Especially if it is played for the ACC and SEC and he's just going to do some kind of scrimmages in the spring against other Big Ten teams. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He just loses out on a lot of... Eventually, it'll be a lot of money. You know, if he's not the number one overall draft pick, he doesn't get that huge bonus that he could have won if he had an amazing season this year. So there's a lot of players that are wanting to play which just um, kind of connects with uh, something we have in our main section, but I'm going to wait for that, uh, the new okay. COVID testing. Sure. I'll, I'll go ahead and discuss it if you want yeah, to. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so the NBA actually found this. They found a new type of test. It's a saliva test. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cheaper, 
It's faster. I saw and, Bauer did it the other day. And uh, it's, it's supposed to be just as accurate mm. as the nose swab. Well, that's good because the nose swab is insanely painful. Yeah, it's <laughs> I had bad. to do one for the National Guard, and I'm not kidding. I was crying for like five minutes. It's there really was, not that bad, Jake. I mean, it's it, bad, but it's not that bad. It is terrible. I don't know who. Stuck in my nose. I felt well, that they must have been nice to you because we just had other army guys give them ah. to each other, and they took way too much pleasure in it because that guy was in there for a good ten seconds until I was kicking and screaming, and then I go walk in line, and we just got fifty guys just standing in this hallway, just sobbing our eyes out. They were having way too much fun with it. I don't know if this makes me feel better or worse about our national security. <laughs> Definitely shouldn't make you feel better. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Anywho. Um, <laughs> But this test is FDA approved. Uh, it's got all the approvals that's needed for it to be used. Um, now, this came out right after Big Ten and the Pac-12 said they weren't playing. Mm. Um, so now, I don't know if this is going to happen, but this has been discussed that maybe they may recant what they said and actually have a season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure, but I thought it was kind of cool that they found something else, a new way to test it out quicker and cheaper that will help colleges because colleges weren't going to pay, you know, like the NFL is going to pay or the NBA is going to See, play. you say that, but colleges are richer than these NFL teams. Well, but they're also are going to use it. I don't know. I mean, how hasn't come they haven't done it yet? How come the Big Ten hasn't done it yet? Because they don't want to spend the money. They don't want Yeah, to. yeah. I'm just saying, like, people always think that because it's not a professional sport, it doesn't carry as much money. But you look at it and... But they also have a lot of more sports to worry about. Yeah, that's too. true yeah. as well, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but like the coaches, often the top tier coaches get paid far more than NFL oh, coaches. So Debo Sweeney and Nick Saban are making bang. Yeah, yeah. And, and Jim Harbaugh. Yep. That mm-hmm. loser. Yep. Loser. <laughs> He's never had a losing season his entire career. He's also never won. <laughs> Ohio yeah, State. Ryan, it's his Achilles. Oh yeah. Ohio Apparently, State. him and Ryan Day were having fun on those big. Oh my uh, gosh! Yeah, they we did. About that. We did. You it missed that one, nuts. Toby. It was nuts. All right. Next on our list, we're gonna go ahead and talk about something that is really cool in my opinion. So. Um, I know I've talked to you guys about it, and I don't think I've mentioned it on the show. Um, but some someone was asking me, dude, where do these Indians pitchers come from? They come up, and they're always bringing up aces out of nowhere, like Clevenger and Bauer and uh, Cliff Lee, CC Sabathia, um, Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco, and now Zach Plesak, Aaron Savale, and uh, Shane Bieber. And you wonder, these guys did not get drafted in the first round. Bauer did. Um, these guys are not top prospects. They aren't even, they've never been listed as even their organization's number one prospect, but they come up to the major leagues and they just strike people out in amazing rates. They don't allow hits or homers. They're just a great pitching team. And they have been for years. They have the most American league Cy Youngs in the millennium and Corey Kluber having two and, uh, CC Sabathia and Cliff Lee each winning one as well. And looks like we have another one coming up here, uh, this year, possibly. But people wonder, why is it? And something that I think has been uh, really an attribute to our recent success for the Cleveland Indians is what's called tunneling. It's the idea of having a baseball. Now, imagine you're driving your car through a long, dark tunnel, okay? And someone is, like, watching from the outside, but they can see the car driving through the tunnel. All these cars, if they're all just driving in a line behind each other, right? They're all just driving through the same path. But once they exit the tunnel, they all start breaking out in different directions, right? So the idea is you want your ball to look like it's whatever you're, whether you're throwing a fastball, a curveball, a changeup, a slider, a sinker, whatever it is. As it's coming through this tunnel, they all look the same as long as possible, and they all break out in different directions, whether it's up, down, left, right, or whatever. And something that's really huge with that is not necessarily the way you throw your pitch, 
but it's the sequence at which you throw your pitches, right? So if you're going to throw a low curveball that breaks in the dirt, you don't want to throw a low fastball to set that pitch up because the way that that pitch will break, the fastball will come in like this, the curveball will come in like this and dip down, right? Because that's just the arc of a curveball. So you'll see that arc earlier. So what you do is you set it up with a high fastball that comes in right here and then say this is the pitcher right here. The curveball comes at that arc and it doesn't break down low until late. So even though these pitchers don't have necessarily the best stuff, they don't have the highest spin rate or the most velocity, the Indians don't have a single starting pitcher that throws over 95. Clevenger sometimes can, very rarely, if he gives it everything he has, um, especially since Bauer left. So the thing is, is these guys don't have this amazing, these amazing pitches, but they set their pitches up so well with the right sequencing. I really attribute it to Roberto Hernandez, um, or Roberto Perez, I'm sorry who has been amazing at calling games ever since he started being the pitcher for Trevor Bauer. Um, I was a huge catcher. young a catcher. I'm sorry. I was a huge Jan Gomes guy, but Bauer always requested Roberto Perez as his catcher. And I always wondered why. And I think that uh, Bauer was a huge impact on the younger guys on the team because they bought into his philosophy of setting up your pitches with previous pitches so that the batter, they all, all these pitches look the same because of the way they sequence them. Even though a guy might not have the best stuff, if you sequence those pitches really well, it can really uh, benefit yourself as the batter just doesn't know what's coming because those pitches look the same until the very last second. Uh, so it's just something I think that is really cool. And I think that a lot of teams are going to start buying into more. I know that every team does it more or less, but I don't think teams focus on it as much as they should. And I think they will start doing it more often as they see the success of teams like the Indians doing this because none of these pitchers have ever been top-tier guys uh, as far as they've been scouted out, but they are performing as top-tier guys. And something else for young pitchers too, um, like in high school and junior high, whatever, you're not developing your amazing pitches You know, if you're a 16, 17-year-old kid. But if you think about that as a catcher or as a pitcher, how can I best set up this next pitch? Sure, I don't throw a devastating curveball, but I can throw a curveball in the dirt. Well, if I set up with a higher fastball or whatever the pitch may be, it's really going to help that pitch turn out to be a swinging strike. And that's why the I Indians mean, are I guess it so makes well. sense. You think about a curveball. It's a low fastball and they throw a curveball. That looks like it's going and it drops into the dirt. I mean, it looks like the fastball and they're going to swing at it. Right. But you want to, you don't want to throw the low fastball, then the low curveball, right? Because that fastball comes in in a low plane. Mm-hmm. So you see this, this straight line here, right? And a curveball, you pick it up because a curveball just starts up a little bit, right? So you immediately pick up that drop and you understand it's a curveball. So if this fastball comes in up here high, that drop doesn't show up until like right here. And by then it's already too late. So that's why you throw the high pitch before you throw an even lower outside the strike zone fastball or curveball. I mean, so I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I thought you guys might want to hear about that. I always thought it was really cool uh, when I started to learn about it. Obviously, if you're in the major leagues, your stuff is pretty stinking good. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think what you're talking about is what really separates the fifth, fourth starters on most teams from being able to get up into the one, two range. Cause I mean, it's tough to get, you know, take someone like I'm a nationals fan. It's tough to take someone like Strasburg or Scherzer. Cause their stuff is a plus. Yeah. So like I argue just, that Scherzer Strasburg, those guys don't have to worry about it so much because no. they throw 98, 99 miles an hour, but, then but throw a 90 so, mile changeup. But even so when, when, Scherzer is going at his best. He's doing what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It, when when any pitcher, pretty much outside of someone like maybe you, Darvish, that has like 12 different pitches to throw. Yeah. When Scherzer's at his best, I remember the most dominant game I think I've watched of his. It wasn't. It it was a one hitter against Milwaukee, and he was throwing fastball and he'd start fastball away, 
and then he'd throw a slider away that would end in the other batter's box, but everyone was flailing at it because mm-hmm. they looked the exact same like you're saying. Yep. And so what you're saying is just basically learning how to pitch correctly. It's and that's that's the word right there, pitching. A lot of amazing pitchers out there know how to throw really hard or throw really good pitches, but they're not as great pitchers mentally, right? And that's where the side of the game really comes in. And uh, I think that you can really start to see some of those big uh, differences between the elite. Absolutely. Uh, Indians just doubled up uh, a pirate because they had an amazing sliding catch where both players slid in on a blooper in right center field. And they literally once slid over each other like this, but one of them ended up catching the ball anyways. So pretty nuts. Right, anywho. Anywho. You had mentioned uh, talking about tunneling. You mentioned Indians pitchers. So I felt like we should just go ahead and jump into please Zach and yeah. Clevenger. Sure. I guess so. So it's painful. It's stupid. It is stupid. The yeah. Indians, uh, two pitchers. T- Almost as dumb as Astros. 40. Well, I don't know about that. I had to do it. out of the show. 40%. <laughs> the Indians currently still, even since this has happened, have the highest, or I'm sorry, the best ERA and the best overall pitching staff in baseball, the best starting pitching staff in baseball. And 40% of that starting pitching staff is now in Lake County alternate site because they went out on the town on Saturday night in Chicago. Uh, this is over a week ago now. And it has come out that the rule that they broke was not coming back before curfew. Um, the actual activities to what they did while they were out on the town have been claimed that they were social practicing social distancing as the league mandates say, and that they were never with more than 10 people as they're not supposed to. Um, but they came back far later than they're supposed to. They're supposed to be back by 10 PM to their hotel to check in. And, um, police act was caught early Sunday morning trying to get back into the hotel. So police act was then sent back to Cleveland in a rental car and Clevenger that night, Sunday night boarded the plane with the team. And it wasn't until they arrived back in Cleveland on Monday that they found out that Clevenger was out on the town as well. And he had lied about that. So with people like Terry Francona being uh, a health risk and Carlos Carrasco just surviving or just, uh, fighting off leukemia last year, there are a lot of teammates who are really angry with the two of them for their actions. And it, after reading uh, reports from different players and watching different interviews, they're more so angry about the fact of how they handled it after they got caught rather than just the um, act of going out in the town and getting back late. Because Clevenger lied about it and Police Act pretty much said, I didn't do anything wrong and the media is blowing this all out of proportion. So, the saga continues. The team goes up back up to Detroit. They fly up there. And Clevenger and Plesak rent another car and drive up to Detroit with their stuff and try to convince the team that they should be on, on the team. They talk with the front office, the coaches, and their teammates. And they had their baseball stuff with them. And the team agreed, not the players, not Plesak and Clevenger, but the rest of the team agreed that the best thing for the team would be for them to go back to Lake County. Uh, Oliver Perez threatened, the veteran reliever Oliver, Oliver Perez threatened to leave the team if the, they rejoined the team. Uh, apparently, Francisco Lindor was very angry with them as well. And apparently, these two teams, were two, two guys were just put on blast. And everyone was just berating them, calling them uh, childish, immature, uh, threatening to the team, selfish, which they were. Um, everyone else is obeying the rules. And these two guys clearly stepped out of line to do what they wanted to do, which was go party on Saturday night, whether they were out at a casino or just 
playing with uh, baseball cards like they said they were, they broke the rules. And they selfishly broke the rules and lied to their teammates about it, broke trust. And I, I totally understand why the team is mad. So they're down there for at least 10 days. And that's just the rules of the uh, alternate site. If you get sent down there, down there for 10 days. And this could end up costing them quite a bit. Clevenger, if, since he missed a lot of time last year, if he misses time, uh, if he misses 16 days, essentially, then he does not get a good year as far as his contract goes. And that would mean he has another year of arbitration before he can actually become an unrestricted free agent. So this could end up costing him, not no joke, millions of dollars because he was supposed to enter free agency as a 31-year-old player. And now he'll be 32. So uh, it, it could cost him tons of money if they keep him down there for a while. And I've heard rumors that they might not ever come back to be in an Indian's uniform, which I think is a little too much. Um, but they might get traded because I know we need some offense. So we'll see what happens. What do you guys have thoughts honestly, on that? I honestly could see – this is – sorry, completely side note on that. I could see them trading with Atlanta, honestly. Uh, I could too. Uh, Johan Camargo, I think, is a guy y'all could really use. Well, and you have a prospect too who – what is his name? Um, Christian Pache? No, not Pache. Um, he's not no, he's a hitter. He's very um, – Pretty free to just hit a home run, by the way. I know. I'm well aware. <laughs> you guys continue talking while I look this guy up. But uh, Oh, uh, Drew Waters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a very uh, hit or miss, people are saying. He could end up – he has a very wide range of outcomes. He could be a great player who hits for tons of power, or he strikes out so a lot. Is Austin issue. Riley. Yeah, essentially. He strikes out a lot. So um, he could go either way. But we and could use a guy like him. So Switch hitter. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. We might trade for offense, and I would be okay with trading one of those guys. I would rather trade. Oh, man, I I would love Plezak, honestly. I love Plezak. I love both of them. See, <laughs> we already lost Kluber thing, and Bauer. I don't want to lose two, another one. <laughs> my thing with the whole situation is, I think it'd be an overreaction to trade them, but it it doesn't really matter what you think if it's an overreaction. If the team teammates don't want them back, you can't just you know alienate the entire team by bringing back Clevenger and Plezak, and then just basically creating a giant divide in the clubhouse over it. Mm-hmm. So, you, like you said, it may end up ending with them ending up somewhere, hopefully not Atlanta, but <laughs> I have no we idea where. Guess, I mean, I'm telling you, we probably will trade for somebody. We have Josh Tomlin started today. Hey, Josh Tomlin's a stud. He also throws 82 miles <laughs> per fastball. I love that man. Uh, he's very good. His ERA is ridiculously low for the guy. Just, he hits corners, man. And his strikeout is ridiculous. His strikeout rate is so mm-hmm. high. He doesn't walk anyone. He never walks people. I mean, he doesn't strike out a lot of people, but he does, he does not. He has this year. He does not walk anyone. I love Josh Tomlin. Um, I, I almost saw him hit a no hitter, or I'm sorry, saw him pitch a no hitter in Chicago. <laughs> I went to Chicago to see you know uh, Indians versus White Sox game, and um, I put it out on Snapchat. I'm watching the game, and good old Micah Shepard snaps me back like, dude, I'm at the game too. Comes and sits with us. And he, he ruined it because as soon as he came up and sat by us, as soon as he came and sat by us, Tomlin got hit with a comeback and was out of the game. And we lost one nothing on a walk-off homer. Sounds like the I don't, know if she, I don't know if Shep listens, but he pretty much ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Shep. <laughs> I wouldn't agree he's, with I wouldn't he's agree our 30% with that. of our listeners. Way to go. <laughs> um, I'm joking, Shep. But anyways, yeah, I think that if the whole team's angry at you, it's really hard to bring the players back. Um, Chris Antonetti, our GM said 
This is not a punitive action to send them down to Lake County. They're not being punished. We're just trying to put the best team on the field to win a World Series. I laughed at that um, because if you have the best pitching staff in baseball, you're not sending down 40% of your current pitching staff because you want to win a World Series. You're sending them down because they're being punished for their actions. Now, if you're saying that we don't believe our team will function at a high level because of a lack of uh, camaraderie, because of clubhouse fighting, infighting, then I understand that. Um, and I think that's where this is coming from. I think that the Indians as a team are not going to be getting along if Clevenger and Plesak are there until they really apologize and convince the team that they you know, are actually sorry for what they did. So we'll see what happens. I hope they're back soon because I think we need them. But anyways... So, I guess if we're talking about the Indians, you may as well keep talking about them because, James, you want to talk about the Cy Young update so far in the season, and yeah, we all know who's leading in the American League. I think Ooh, American yeah. League is a, more of a toss-up than the National League. Now, just saying that, there's two guys that really are up there in the American League. No one's close to Bieber, man. No. Um, I would argue that's not, yeah, I would say Lance Lynn's up there. I mean, don't get wrong, I have Lance Lynn on fantasy, but his strikeout numbers aren't close, and Bieber has only allowed one run in the season. It's 18 less. Three runs, three runs. 18, 18 his, strikeouts wait, in five wait, games is quite out. a few. His war is higher, and war is the most important stat is what I've learned on this show. In this small sample size, that does not, no, does no, not work, James. James, 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 James. But don't get me wrong, Lance Lynn's do, having a great season, and it's I'm happy because I have the best uh, pitching staff in our fantasy football, our fantasy baseball league. But um, please, James, Bieber's so far please. running away with the Cy Young vote. I, I oh, think right the yes. AL is closer than the NL is. Is what I'm saying. All right, so then you have a clear flavor, clear favorite for the NL. Then I would say, I think so. Who you got? Uh, of course, I'm going to say Max Freed. Uh, he, he's, he's pitching really well. He has a 1.24 ERA. Uh, he has not given up a single home run this year. Uh, he doesn't have a ton of strikeouts. It's his biggest downfall. But his war is the same as Bieber, one less, 0.1 less than Lance Lynn. Um, his wall hits per inning pitch is 0.9, so it's not super low. But he just he doesn't give up runs. He just is he, if someone gets on base. I mean, they're gonna stay on base. 95% I mean, of the time. Yeah, uh, Max Fried has the highest or lowest ERA in the National League. Um, he also has... Where's the Ks? Two, 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 two. No, it's 28 strikeouts. 28 strikeouts is not that many. Yeah, but for Cy Young, I mean, I know strikeouts a big thing, part mm-hmm. of it, but if he's just winning games, like, by dominating with low ERA, I mean... Oh, yeah. I think he's... It's I, been I, done I before. Like the guy from San Diego, Lamette, mm-hmm. uh, I think he's very yeah, he's good. Pitching and, well. and he's pitching Scherzer well. Scherzer and Nola both have almost 40 Ks as well. Yeah, but Scherzer's their ERAs not, has not been very good. No, and Nola had the one really I bad think, game to start the year. I th- I think Sonny Gray could be in this conversation as he well. He could. Sonny Gray's been He's pretty been dominant. Sh- he has been shoving, man. His uh his ERA is only two point oh five. He has forty five strikeouts mm-hmm. in thirty innings. Whip his, under one. His thirty seven uh, strikeouts. You say forty five or thirty seven? Sonny Gray has forty. Just kidding. I'm looking at Nola. Nola has thirty seven. My BG. Sonny Gray's been awesome. I think Why you could definitely throw him in. So much lower. I have no idea. I don't understand war fully. War calculated for pitching is very odd. Yeah, it's odd. Um, but yeah, we have Lance Lynn, Max Fried, Zach Plesac, Shane Bieber, 
and uh, what's Dobnik from Minnesota? The rookie kid, Randy oh, Dobnik, yeah, Randy, with Randy the big old. You t- think I got a mustache? You gotta see that boy. It's boom, comes straight down handlebar. But those are top five in ERA so far, um, and the two that translate most for strikeouts would be Bieber and and Lynn. Um, National League strikeout pitchers don't have the ERA though, so yeah, I would probably lean your way, James. That so far, I would say Bieber. I would and say Sonny Gray's probably up there with him. I didn't Sonny Gray, Sonny, close he was. Yeah, I would. Hey, Sonny, second, I think, he's second in strikeouts in the whole MLB. Yeah, and I think Sonny Gray still got that streak of six hits or less going too. Um, so he hasn't really had any does. games where he's had a lot of base runners. So I think he's been pretty dominant too. But he definitely has a lower ERA, so I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be close. A couple of guys. It's so yeah. crazy how well. Sonny Gray was doing in Oakland, and then he moves to New York yep. and was so, so bad. I mean, terrible. One of the worst pitchers in baseball. And now he comes to Cincinnati, and he's great again. New York yep. can do that to people. I mean, look at Clint Frazier. But he's yeah, doing better now lately, too. Yeah. Hey, it could. Yeah, Garrett Cole's doing fine, I'm he's, pretty sure. He's doing pretty okay. Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> oh, he's got that pine tar on his hat or whatever. <laughs> oh, did I miss something about that? Did you not see that? Illegal substance? He kept grabbing his hat. I don't, uh, I don't think it's anything, but Trevor Bauer Some, was talking about it. How did someone else? I don't know. I don't know. I follow Trevor Bauer pretty closely. Someone else also was saying there was a pitcher. I don't remember who it was who kept reaching into his back pocket. Um, so I don't know if there's well, something back there. Well, they are allowed to have. I, I think I heard that they're allowed to have like a wet towel in their back pocket for moisture because they're not supposed to lick their fingers. You can lick their fingers. You just have to touch your pants after. No, like COVID testing, you can't lick your finger. Oh, oh, okay, okay, so okay. Dumb. That makes sense. Yeah, you're, you're, so you're not supposed to lick your finger, so you're allowed to have like a wet, damp towel that you can rub to kind of get the moisture back on your fingers mm-hmm. instead of, I have no idea. I don't know. I think it's funny everybody's got their own rods and bag. That's kind of funny. Everyone's yeah, got everyone what? Walks out, everyone has their own personal rods and bag they take okay, off. Okay, and you're oh, not really? supposed to spit. You're not supposed to spit, but I can tell you what. Marcelo Zuna last night in the game I was watching had a huge wad of dip in. <laughs> oh, they all have dip in. Are you kidding? <laughs> They're not going to stop. You're not supposed to spit. But he Jose was Ramirez dead. can't hit unless he has a pound of dip in his lip. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, all right. Next, we move on to a topic that I'm really excited about. Uh, the unwritten rules of baseball. Very baseball-heavy show, but that's okay. We, love, we all love baseball. And pretty much everything is baseball except the power rankings. <laughs> hey, it is what it is, man. I mean... You I make, love baseball. I write up. I write up the show doc, and it's what I love. So we'll see. What, it is what it is. It is the swinging bunt. We're primarily baseball, but we'll discuss other things too. I mean, I just don't follow NBA at all. Maybe I should, but I did. Been crazy. Yeah. I hey, I watched. I watched that uh, Suns game the other day. Suns Portland game. That was, that was wild. That was wild. Um, I I'll watch more once the playoffs actually start. Um, but I I was checking some NBA stuff, and the Lakers went three and five in the bubble. That shocked me. Well, they didn't play. I mean, they, people set out for part of it. Oh, once they locked up the number one seed? Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But can we? Uh, the only thing I want to mention about baseball is I just like to say Do you mean basketball? Milwaukee. Basketball. You lost to Orlando Magic in game one. Basketball. Yeah. You mean ba- oh, basketball. Yeah, okay. Th- I, have a, I have some friends that are big Bucks fans that work at a radio station in Milwaukee. And they are not very confident in the Bucks right now because they have not played well at all. Apparently. Big, go ahead. They've been horrible. A big cornerstone of Milwaukee uh, in their success this year is they're they're good offensively, but they're also great defensively. And they were not great defensively, giving up, I think it was 128 to the Magic in game one. That's not good for a team that's missing Aaron Gordon. They're li- missing one of their top offensive threats. And then they're also missing Jonathan Isaac. 
So you're you're giving up 128 to a team that's missing probably two Basically out of its top three options. It's all they got. Yeah, and then they only scored 110, which isn't terrible. But when you're giving up 128, you're not going to win many games. So the Bucks have not looked great defensively, and their offense looks real stagnant. I, I think they'll still win the series, but they have not looked very impressive. And it would not surprise me. If Are they playing the Magic? Like the Raptors. Yeah, in their series, and they lost game one. Yep. Yes. Ugh. I heard that. Um. Or I didn't hear. I was. I was trying to research a little bit NBA stuff today, uh, on my lunch break, and um. <laughs> but anyways, I was surprised to see that the Bucks lost against Orlando today. They said so far during the bubble, the favorite, especially the heavy, the heavy favorites, have won almost every game, and as far as betting goes. So people had been betting that trend, and this game against the Magic was one of the worst losses in betting history in a long, long time. So yeah, I don't, I don't know all I the implications of that. Orlando, yeah. I would have definitely went Milwaukee. Yeah. I would have regretted it. <laughs> yep, yep. So, all right. So yeah, all right. So now we're talking about the unwritten rules of baseball. I think we've kind of touched on this in shows past, uh, maybe when we talked about the DH before, but it's something that's a very uh, trendy or controversial these days because baseball is I don't want to say a dying sport but it's definitely not the pastime that it once was in American culture and a large part of it is because it does not resonate with younger fans uh, a large part of its fan base is uh, the baby boomers or dying off maybe even older than that and they just simply aren't passing the love of the game on to the people our age and younger um, I think that even after us, it gets really bad. I mean, I, I talk to kids, I'm a teacher and I talk to kids in seventh grade, eighth grade, and just the interest level of guys in baseball who, you know, are built for it. Um, who would be, you'd be thinking, you know, these are the kids who, uh, are the next generation of baseball players. They just have no desire to play it. They're like, Oh no, I'd rather play tennis or golf or soccer or basketball or whatever it may be, or even just no sports at all. And just go play Fortnite all day. Um, Fortnite. That's what kids do, man. Loser. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but a lot of players in baseball, I think it it may have first started that I remember with Bryce Harper saying, make baseball fun again. Yes. Um, and other players like Trevor Bauer are really campaigning to undo the rules of baseball that make it boring. Um, and don't get me wrong. I don't think baseball is boring. I love it. I love all the action, more or less, in between pitches. Um and all of the mind games that go on. I'm a numbers guy, but I think that if you're not a numbers guy who is a diehard passion for the sport, if you're a casual observer like most of the NFL fans are, you aren't going to be as entertained as you would be watching an NBA or an NFL game because it just isn't the same level of high-flying action. I mean, even the runs that are scored in baseball are very rarely contested. Um, If you have a a runner score, which is the most action in baseball, it's usually a throw doesn't even get in. The ball hits the outfield and they score – um, before the or outfielder even the gets seat. the ball, or it's in the seats and they're just jogging around. So you don't have that high intensity. But then we get things like a grand slam, one of the most exciting plays in baseball. From Fernando Tatis Jr., one of the most exciting players in baseball, who's what, 21 years old? He's been. Is he, t- is he 21? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, he is dominating the league as the shortstop for the San Diego Padres. And he comes up in a game where they're winning nine to three or something, um, yeah, well, 10, winning 10 by quite, three, winning by quite a bit at the end of the game. 
and it's a three zero count, and the guy sails a pitch, a fastball right down the middle. The coach, the coach did tell him to take the pitch. Let's make that clear. The coach told him well, to. Yes. Hold on. He he said that he told the third baseman to take or the third base coach to give him the take sign, and Tatis t- said, "I'm not looking at the third base coach. I don't care." <laughs> yeah. I love this guy. <laughs> I uh, so anyways, Tatis turns and just rips a grand slam to put them up by ten plus runs, and the pitcher and the coach are then for the Rangers are ticked off about it, and the pitcher almost hits Manny Machado on the very next pitch. Um, he did hit Machado, didn't he? No, he threw behind him. Oh. Threw behind him. Yep. Um, he was not ejected, but anyways, after the game, the manager for the Rangers was angry. The manager for the Padres ap- apologized for Tatis not just taking the pitch. And Tatis apologized. And then Tatis apologized too, which is just ridiculous, man. You are getting paid to hit the baseball. If that guy is going to throw three balls to you and then going to throw you a fastball right down the middle, right down the middle, you are getting paid to hit that ball. Your contract whenever your contract ends, is going to be decided based off of the stats that you show. If you want to make money, you need to put up big numbers. And a grand slam is going to very much help him make more money. And on top of that, he could very well win the Triple Crown. Yeah, I mean, the guy is trying to win the MVP possibly this year. And he's... I, I vote for him. And he is tearing it up. He's great on defense. He's so far great on offense as well. And to tell this guy, you know what? Yeah, let's just let them throw a fastball right past you. No, these are big boys. These are grown men. They can win a baseball game or lose a game. If you hurt their feelings, then just be better. You know, don't throw him well, three balls before you got to throw him a fastball down the middle. Throw him a fastball earlier on where he's not just camping on it. You know what I mean? I thought, yeah, I thought it was interesting that there was a picture of what is his name, Woodard or Woodward or something like that, the manager for the Rangers. And he was the third base coach for the Dodgers, and Manny Machado was with the Dodgers for that little stint. And Machado hit a home run when they were up like seven to one on a three zero count, and he gave him a high five rounding around third. So it's not as if this has never happened before, and you're just acting. Get over it. Yeah. And let the let the kids play, and especially someone like Tatis that is making the game fun for exactly. everyone. Exactly. I mean, your viewership numbers are so down. Baseball just does so many things wrong. It just drives me nuts. I mean. They should have had the season started a long time ago because they could have been the only sport on TV. Everyone's already got their their eyes turned towards NBA playoffs and towards the NFL starting up soon. They could have had baseball going since the beginning of July, maybe even early, yep. late June. But because of their struggles to get money worked out, they didn't get that spotlight. So now they finally have baseball going back again. They have low numbers as baseball always does. And you've got someone like Tatis being a new franchise or a new face to the league. And you're going to tell him not to swing on a 3-0 count just because the Rangers might get their feelings hurt? It's just absolutely ridiculous. And it brings up the whole idea of unwritten rules in baseball. Do you hit someone because you hit somebody else? Do you, or because a guy hit a home run over the fence and you didn't like the way he looked at you? Do you not look at the pitcher when you run the base pass and not stare him down? I don't care about any of that stuff. In football... And in the NBA, you get guys have an attitude and guys have a personality. Yes. And that's why it's so exciting to watch. One of, the, one of the reasons. I understand baseball has always been a classy game. And it is. And I love that part of it. But I also think that it could use a little jazz. And to tell these guys not to be themselves and to have some fun. I mean, think about baseball interviews specifically. Football and NFL, you get a little bit. Football and NBA, you get a little bit more personality. Not Still not a ton. But, man, baseball players, it's just the most dry answers and the most dry personalities far too often. And if we just let these guys go play and be themselves, I think you'd get a lot more viewership and you get a lot more entertainment out of your product. 
And well, you expect people to, they hit a home run. You expect them to put the bat down, jog around the bases and not celebrate at all because it shows up the pitcher. But I think it's more exciting when you see the guys just have fun with it. Like Tim oh. Anderson always has fun. Yeah. And in the, and the Nationals get Braves game last night. Dan. Will Smith. Will Smith uh, apparently. Well, he cuts out I, Soto. Will Smith apparently was not happy because before the inning, or uh, when the, Will Smith was throwing his warm up pitches, Juan Soto kind of backed up too far behind the plate trying to time him up. The umpire told him to move or whatever. And then Soto took him deep. And Soto kind of stared at him. Smith kind of cussed him out. I don't mind that. You know, they're having I fun with it. I think you got to back it up, it's, right? Because. Yeah. As a baseball coach, I if I see my kids doing that, they're sitting on the bench, right? I, I, that's just you don't do that on my team. You're not going to show up the yeah. other player. No, absolutely. Especially in youth sports, right? You're trying mm-hmm. to train young men to be good young men. But once you're in the pros, you're making the millions of dollars. You're the best in the world. Go for it. You've <laughs> earned it at that point. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. If you're a high school kid who just hit a 285 home run over the left field fence because a kid, a little 14 year old, just threw a fastball right down the middle when you're an 18 year old jacked farmer kid you got no reason to be showing off right but you know what if you're in varsity uh playoffs in state and you hit a walk-off home run you better be jacked and i want to see that energy the whole time right and same thing in pro baseball i mean you got to have that energy i as a fan if i see a home run i don't want to be like very good very good nice home run no i'm want to be jumping up in the air and get my fist pumped and i want the same guys in that team to be doing the same thing i mean i think about one of my favorite home run celebrations ever was when they did the World Baseball Classic. You saw emotion to a whole new level. They no longer had to represent their team the way the team wanted them to re- represent them. You saw Francisco Lindor and Javier Baez going absolutely nuts for their Puerto Rican team. And you saw the fans in that stadium resonating that energy. And the whole entire atmosphere there was just the best baseball atmosphere maybe I've ever seen. And I think that, that if that were to translate into American baseball, you'd have a far better product than what we have right now. And yeah, I love the rivalries you get in other sports, and it just doesn't come to baseball because you're expected to play so gentlemanlike, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. I love that Marcus Stroman is one guy that I can think of that is like, sure, if you have if you hit a home run off me, go ahead, bat flip, but I'm gonna get excited when I strike you out too. Mm-hmm. I think we need that energy from both sides. Like, Absolutely. I think of someone like Walker Bueller. He strikes somebody out, he's chirping at them while they're walking to the dugout. Mm-hmm. Love it. Or uh, the, my my man, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Dodgers pitcher. Dustin May or something? No, like that. Oh, no. The one that just said the poochie lip? Yeah. Joe Kelly? Joe Kelly, yeah. Oh, Man, yeah. I mean, think about it. The stuff that baseball gets talked about the most is when these things happen. The Jose Bautista bat flip, the Tim Anderson bat flip, the fights, the yelling at each other. This is when people want to talk about it, and it's on ESPN the next morning. People aren't like, Trevor oh, so Mike Trout hit another home run over the fence to right center field today. The guy's hit 10 home runs already, and no one's talking about it. He's playing not, great baseball. not very many games. That's the yeah, crazy thing. I know. Yes. But... The things that we do talk about is when baseball is interesting, exciting, and fun. You know what I mean? And it's not that t- Trout hitting home runs isn't fun and exciting. It's just Trout swings, he jogs the bases, he sits back down. <laughs> That's just what he does. Yeah. If we see yeah. more guys like Tatis and like Tim Anderson and like even Jose Bautista and Ro- Rugnet Odor, yes. I know people hate that stuff, but I think that it's time for that stuff to die and to bring in the exciting baseball play that we see in other sports around the world. Like, think about yeah. soccer, the most popular sport in the world. No one celebrates like soccer players. Every time they score, the whole team stops playing <laughs> the game. Take their clothes off. <laughs> like, take, what's going they on? take their clothes off, exactly. <laughs> Slide across the field. Yeah. Let's have some Completely fun. True, yeah. Come on. Yep. I agree. Well, I'm glad we're all on the same page with this. I got fired up for that, man. I don't know. I think that I've taken a big shift in that because I, if you would have asked me three or four years ago that question, I would have been on the totally opposite side 
But now that just the more I watch it and the more I love baseball, the more I want other people to love it too. And I think that, I think that that just needs to happen. I think you'll start seeing that shift the longer it goes when you see more of the younger guys coming through. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of these guys played baseball with each other growing up. Mm-hmm. And I think when you start seeing guys like, I, I think of a good friendship that I know of Bryce Harper and Chris Bryant, obviously neither one's a pitcher, but say, you know, you got a friend who's a, a pitcher, one who's a, a hitter. They're not going to be as frustrated when their, their hitter buddy hits a home run off of them or whatever. They can't talk crap after the game, but they're going to start having fun with the celebrations they're going to enjoy that. When Chris Bryant hits a home run against the Phillies, Bryce Harper is going to be happy to see him celebrate. Yeah. I think you're going to start seeing that when they get – it's something that's frustrating with the NBA and uh, some of these other sports because now they're coming up and there's not as much rivalry as there used to be, but there still is more than MLB. But there's not the, you know, the hatred like the, the Bulls and the Pistons in mm-hmm. the 90s and whatnot. So there's not I mean, that in the NBA. You look at but the – I think – you look at the Indians Tigers rivalry, right? A rivalry that's been going on for years and years. Are two of the oldest teams in baseball, and the commentators were bringing up a very good point. Um, while the Indians are owning this, you know, twenty-game win streak against the Tigers, the Tigers had so much turnover in the last few years that none of these players probably even care about or even know about this because it's just not the way yeah. the league goes. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I think that we are totally agreement about this, and that uh, baseball needs to understand. The unwritten rules are meant to be broken. So, completely agree. All right, let's move on to our NFL power rankings. Uh, we took a break from it last week because there's only a few of us here, um, or I wasn't here, I suppose. Um, you guys just forgot about <laughs> Everybody it. Everybody was here but you. Yeah. <laughs> the, the important person wasn't here. Yeah. Um, but we're going to go ahead and get back into it. So, two weeks ago, where we last left off, we were at the number nine team in football. I'm going to go ahead and start from the bottom and work our way back up to where we are. At 32, we had the Jaguars, then the Washington football team, Cincinnati Bengals, (laughs) Miami Dolphins, Detroit Lions, Chargers, Giants, Jets, Panthers, Bears, Raiders, Broncos, Browns, Cardinals, Rams, Falcons, Texans, Eagles, Steelers, Colts, Patriots, which we said we probably would move lower now that all these players have set out, Titans, Packers, Vikings, Bills. Uh, wait. Did we do the Bills? No, we oh, didn't do the, the bills. bills. So at number eight, we have the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Um, we all are in pretty high agreement about them. James, you have them a few spots higher than the rest of us. Um, why is that? We've got them sitting right around nine, seven, and eight for the rest of us. It looks like you have them at number six. Remember, I did this based off schedule and stuff too. Oh, that's true. You did because you and didn't they, read the instructions. Eaten, whatever, dog. But I still <laughs> would put them pretty high. I mean, their yeah, no. is elite. Probably the best or second best defense in football. One of the best defenses in yeah. football, yeah. And then um, they've got they a good chance to win the division. Picks. And remember why I said the Vikings were down, I think, this year. Why I had them down is the same reason why I have the Bills up because of Stefan Diggs. He's going to open it up for Singletary. He's going to open it up for John Brown going down the field. I think they're they're a pretty complete team. If, honestly, if Josh Allen can hit him, he ha- well. he can throw the ball further than anyone else, but just not accurately. He just misses yeah. his receivers so often. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's working on that though. I yeah, mean, I'm sure a lot of people are working on things. What helps I'm sure. The- <laughs> I'm sure uh, Kyle Allen works on things. He still sucked yeah, last year. Yeah, he's not going to work on anything. <laughs> Anywho, uh, the fact that he can run, I think, helps him. If oh, he absolutely. Messes up, he can make up for it. Yeah, but- no, he's an amazing runner. I think adding Stefan Diggs and their elite defense, I think I would still probably put them around the area. Yeah. Most of y'all had them around there. We have them around there anyways. The next team that we have are the Seattle Seahawks, which 
Wes and Toby have them in the top five of the NFL. I think you actually both had them at five, correct? Yes. Both had them at five. So, Toby, I have them down um, 14. at 14, correct. What do I have, Matt? Uh, 11. 11. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's about where I put them. <laughs> oh, really? Makes sense. You don't say. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Toby, you got them so high. I'm really worried about their defense, and their offensive line is still not great. And their running back situation. Chris Everyone's Carson hurt. is coming off of a – what did he tear last year? Oh, he broke his hip. And Rashad Penny starting the year on Pup. Um, yep. And I'm just not so sure about their team moving forward. They still have one of the best quarterbacks in the world. Uh, and he can put a team on his back. And DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, really solid. But their defense is still struggling. It doesn't look like – I don't know whether they're going to sign – they haven't signed Jadavion Clowney back yet, right? No one has. Yeah, no one has. So uh, I think they're only going to get worse than they were last year. So what, why do you have them up at five so high? I'm just I'm a big believer in Russell Wilson and I mean I put these rankings we put these together before they traded for Jamal Adams. It's true. Um and I, I think that that will help their defense. Um I think I like their receiving core a lot. I was one of the DK Metcalf haters coming in out of the draft and he proved me wrong. Um he was spectacular last year. I think yeah, he's was. just going to get better. He's just going to get better. Mm-hmm. You can use Tyler Lockett all over the field and I think their offense is going to be really good. I agree that their defense is a bit shaky, mm-hmm. uh, especially if they don't bring Clowney back. But I Which think- is weird coming from the Seahawks as they were known for the Legion of Boom for so long. Yeah, I completely agree. But I think if you look at them and it, it may end up being a good thing for them if Pete Carroll has to finally rely on Russell Wilson instead of running the football so much. Mm-hmm. Let him I think eat. You, I think exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think if you put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands, good things are going to happen. He, his interception. Wait, numbers wait, may go up Russell Wilson. Air. You mean Mister Unlimited? That's what I mean. <laughs> Did you <laughs> see those Unlimited. videos, man? <laughs> oh my god! I've never seen anything so embarrassing in my life. Yeah. I felt so He's bad for guy. him. I, I mean, I've always seen him to be pretty normal in his interviews and when he talks to his teammates and stuff. But man, he posted that video on Twitter, and I was watching it like, is this for real? Is this actually him? Is it? Is this like a spoof or something? What is going on? I was, I felt bad for that guy. I feel bad for his wife. I mean, if you haven't seen Mister Unlimited, uh, this is so. If you if you don't know what I'm talking about, Russell Wilson decided that he was going to give himself a nickname or what he called an alter ego. Because he said all superheroes have alter egos. So he walk he walks you through it. He's like walking around his house or whatever. He goes, so from now on, I'm Mr. Unlimited. And he sits back for a second and he goes, Mr. Unlimited. Just like that. I mean, maybe even worse. I, he might have drawn it out. It was terrible. It was it worse? So, yeah. If you yeah. haven't seen it, go look up on YouTube. Twitter, or, uh, Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited. You'll be va- very, very, very much disappointed. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He's but, not going yeah. on any of my fantasy teams this year. <laughs> Just because of that. <laughs> but I, I think Wes and I would both agree because I, I, he has them so high. I think we're just both going to be – I think his answer would probably be we're just really high on Russell Wilson. Sure. I think – I think I, I don't want to classify Lamar Jackson as not a quarterback because <laughs> – he, he very much showed he was, last, yeah. You know what happened last year, and, and he does play from the pocket a lot, but – as as true quarterbacks, guys throwing from inside the pocket primarily, and amazing Russell out of the pocket Wilson, too. He's just a, he's Russell a magician. Wil- yeah, Russell Wilson 
I have a hard time not saying he's the second best quarterback. I wouldn't has. argue with you. I would say Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, and not. I would say, yeah. Desha- I would say Deshaun Watson's pretty close to them too. Yeah, I would put him in that category. And Dak Prescott, I don't like saying yeah, that, but he he that. was really good last year. We can't argue well, yeah, that last fact. Year. Yeah. Um, but I, no, I would say that he's top five for sure. So, yeah. So I, I, I just wouldn't bet against Russell Wilson. And sure. when you have someone like that, and you give him the weapons like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and I think you're going to see DK Metcalf take, take a big step. step forward. That'd be, that'd be huge. And he's going to be awesome. I think if the Seahawks decide to start throwing the ball, letting Russell Wilson do what he does best, they will be a better team than they were this past year. So that moves yeah. us on to the Dallas Cowboys, America's football team, as they say. Um, but I don't think that can really hold true anymore. I don't know. A lot of people still love them, but a lot of people really hate them too. Um, that means it's a good team. Like people, I, I, and it, I guess good fan you know. base. The same thing holds yeah. for the Patriots too, I suppose. Yeah. Um, That's because y'all are so dominant though. But James, you have the Cowboys at number five, right? Yeah, you've got them at number five. So I see them as having top five talent, but I personally do not – think that they are one of the five best teams in football just because of a new coaching staff and they've always seemed to disappoint and until they show me something more kind of the same thing with the browns but just not nearly as bad of a level i just want to see it before i put them that high you know what i mean now this may be based off of their division your rankings no i i would put them five in any of any things they've got talent but i just don't see so here here's why okay Okay. kellen moore is still the offensive coordinator he did a very solid job and they're so not changing good. it. Okay. McCarthy said he's going to learn it. He's not going to change it for them. Which is so fine because McCarthy, in my opinion, does not make the best coaching decisions he on the offensive not. side. Uh, so Kellen Moore is keeping the same thing. Zeke's healthy now. I mean, he was not fully healthy last year. He's only going to improve. Uh, they added C.D. Lamb. Uh, the to already good receiving core. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Michael wow. Gallup and Amari Cooper were both really solid last year. Gallup is And awesome. their defense was good. Mm-hmm. And they, I'm pretty sure they added a couple pieces this year. Uh, I didn't look it up before I did this because I didn't think about it. But they added well, defensive they, pieces. I think that Jason Garrett did really hold them back last year. They just lost one of their defensive pieces. And uh, what's that defensive lineman that just tore his quad? Uh, Gerald McCoy. Yep. Uh, McCoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they lost him, but they're still going to be scary good. Oh, they just got uh, Everson Griffin. Yep, that'll be huge. Yep. He was the linebacker for the uh, Vikings, right? Vikings. Defensive yeah. end. Defensive end. end, yep. Yeah, so I think that they're really solid. I think I probably – I had them at 12. Um, 12? I had them at 12, yeah. Or no, 13 I actually. At, I, I probably – looking back at it now, I would probably move them up above the Steelers and the Patriots. Yeah. Looking back at it now, I'd move above the Steelers and the Patriots, but I think that's it. I think all the teams I have above them, I would keep the same. So I would have them at nine probably now. So see, I okay, I'm a, I hate the Cowboys, least favorite team naturally in all of in all of sports. And I was a really happy guy on the first round of the NFL draft when we drafted Chase Young for the Washington Football Team. Mm-hmm. I instantly. Turned my entire mood around when C.D. Lamb fell to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it's going to make him a lot better even. I can't believe he fell that far. Uh, so they're going to be – I think their offense is going to be really good. I think Dak is going to get paid because I don't think he's in that same tier 
that you were t we were talking about earlier, but I think with the weapons around him, he's he'll look, look really like good. He's in that tier. Yeah, he's gonna have so many chances. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott opens up the passing game, and then when he Absolutely. when he looks up, he'll see four people open. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it shouldn't be. I yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, too many decisions. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, next we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady has moved to the southern lands what, of Florida. Florida, they're fifth. Fifth. Okay. Uh, we all have them right around this area. Um, I was highest on them, just barely. James and Wes, you both had them at five. I had them at four, and Toby had them at six. So we all had them right here. Five ends up being perfect. Um, but man, their offense has so loaded. They've and the reason why I couldn't put them higher is just because of the question marks. We don't know what they're. I mean, sure. They're I mean, it's new off. It's going to be a, a totally new offense with Tom Brady compared to Jameis Winston. And no he just. Yeah, and not very much offseason to work on things together, um, as well as uh, still not having a great defense. I mean, it's about last half of the year. It was pretty solid last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I guess it was just hard. It, it's hard because you look at the box scores and you see so many points for the, the opposing team, but it's mostly because. Jameis Winston put them in on the field here. for most of the game. Here, here, here you go. Pick six, pick six. You're like, ah. Stop it. Anyways, yeah, and they had so many short fields. But I think if Tom Brady is running that team, they're going to have much more uh, larger fields to defend, and they're also going to have a much better uh, – they're going to spend less time on the field. So Which Their defense is pretty good. Yeah, I think like that they should. Winston put them in bad spots. But, my, yeah, my man. Only, go ahead. My only question with them is – are they going to be able to put up as many points as some people think? Because it's going to be a really efficient offense, I think. I just don't know that it's going to be a, as explosive as last year's offense. I think it'll still be good. They'll probably still be a top-five offense. They won't take I the shots know. that yeah. Winston took, but I think that that'll benefit them. I don't think they'll be putting up 50 points, but I don't think they'll need to. I think their defense will hold them. So not have to do that. Um, but, yeah, man, Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, Cameron Brait, uh, who's the other tight end? Um, O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard. And then you've got Keyshawn Vaughn, the rookie, on top of Ronald Jones as well. I, I mean, think Ronald Jones is going to be really someone good. someone else. Year. Who'd they add? Who's uh, add another running back? Uh, I'm not sure, James. Continue. Uh, I will look it up. So we've got LaShawn the Buccaneers McCoy? at five. Yeah, LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not – I mean, he's – the guy is still pretty they're, decent. A good they're just catcher. trying to get the oldest guy in the NFL, like every <laughs> skill position. <laughs> 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 Next at number four, we have the San Francisco 49ers, who we all had at either three or four. So myself and James have them at four. Wes and Toby each had them at number three. I think they've got the best, arguably the best defense in football and a great running game. Now, Matt Breida is left, but they still have Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, and Jarek McKinnon. So they should still be a three headed monster as long as those guys can stay healthy. Um, Toby, you've disappeared video wise. You still there? Okay. Yep. Um, and then they got George Kittle. Now, their receiving core is looking a little shaky lately. Debo Samuel injured, and then they just had another injury as well. Um, Jalen Hurd. Jalen Hurd, yep. So, we'll see what happens. But they did draft a rookie, and uh, LaVisca Chenault, correct? Nope. Uh, no. Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Oh, Brandon Ayuk, yep. He was the first rookie taken in the draft, correct? Nope. First receiver. Nope. Uh, uh, the guy from Raiders. Uh uh, Rugs. Rugs was taken before Ayuk. Yes, hmm, Ayuk was taken twenty sixth, uh, or something like that, and they traded up for him. So it showed because the Niners, I believe, had traded. I expect them to use him of the first round, and then traded back in. And I think they will use him a lot because a lot of people draft comp, uh, comparison 
was Debo Samuel. Right. So I think you see Debo going down. I think he's going to get an expanded role right away that he would not have gotten. He'll have to. I mean, there's just they have to put someone on the field. So and I think when I did this, Debo Samuel had been hurt already, and that's why I didn't put him at three. I put him at four. Gotcha. And yeah, we had. That is what it is. So I mean, it was a toss up. I mean, these top four teams. All right. Yeah, and go ahead. We're at an hour, so we got to move. Yeah, go oh. ahead. Go ahead. Let's keep going. Next, number three, we have the Baltimore Ravens, who we have myself and Toby had them at two. James had them at three. Wes had them at four. Um, they were amazing last year, defense and offense. Lamar Jackson MVP. Uh, Marquise Good or Marquise Brown had an amazing season. Mark Ingram had an amazing season. They draft J.K. Dobbins. Um, who? Oh no, they were looking at. There was rumors about Antonio Brown working out for them, but I don't think that's going to happen. Des Bryant has been rumored now. Yeah, De- he actually yeah. did go. He went. He, he did he went today. Yeah, uh, that might. I don't know what that would do for them. I have no idea what. That's just a Des possession Bryant receiver. I mean, he's a yeah. good possession. He's not going to give you nothing after the catch. Um. But I expect them to be an amazing team once again. I expect them to win their division. I mean, they will regress, I'm pretty sure. But uh, I mean. Yeah, I think that whenever you see a running quarterback, it's very, very rare that he improves on or keeps up the same level that he had the previous year. I think he will still be one of the top quarterbacks in football, but just teams are going to figure out how to scheme against him. You know what I mean? They're going to have to. I, I, I agree, but I think when you look and we at still have We still have him at three, so... No, and I, I agree that he, he's going to regress a little bit, but I think you look at Lamar Jackson, he's not the running quarterback. If you don't watch the NFL, you don't watch the Ravens, and you hear Lamar Jackson, you think he's just like all these other guys before that were a flash in the pan. Colin Kaepernick, Robert Griffin III, some of the other guys, but he's different. He can throw from inside the pocket, and when he's asked to, he stays inside the pocket. So I think Lamar Jackson's he, his rushing numbers may go down, but I think you could actually see his passing numbers go up. He, he still needs to work on his down-the-field passing and his accuracy, but I think if you look at him, he stays in the pocket when he's asked to, mm-hmm. and I think that's what separates him and why he can be sustainable. I think he still will rush for somewhere near like 1,000 yards or if not more, probably more, but I think you could see his passing numbers get up to the closer to 4,000 mark as opposed to I think he was like 3,200 or low 3,000s. I think you could see it going up quite a bit as they try to, the older he gets, maybe get him more improved as a passer. Yeah, I think that they're continuing to be one of the best teams in football. I think Lamar Jackson, like you said, will be an, a, still a great quarterback. I just don't think that we'll see the MVP campaign two years in a row. So, All right, at number two, which is, uh, I don't know if I would say a surprise, but we have the New Orleans Saints at number two. Uh, Toby, you had them at number one overall. I had them at three, and James West both had them at two. Uh, I think that Drew Brees is going to have a tear of a year. I think he's going to go off. He's going to break um, every record attempt to. He's going to try to. I think his he's like, you know what? <laughs> I need a Super Bowl. My oh. last shebang. Um, I mean, he has a Super Bowl. The one against the Colts, okay. yep. But he needs another one. I mean, to be <laughs> to be up in that tier of you know greatest quarterbacks of all time, they can always say, oh, yeah, he's got all of the regular season records and stuff, but he only has the one Super Bowl. I mean, they already say that about Peyton Manning, and he has two, you know? So if you want to be up there with considered among the greats um, in that conversation of Montana and Brady, then I think that you need to get another Super Bowl. I think that he has a really good shot at it this year. He's got an amazing team all around, maybe the best team in football. Uh, Mark Ingram and Latavius Murray there with – No no, Mark Ingram. I'm sorry, not uh, Alvin Kamara. Alvin I mean. Kamara. Yes, thank yep. you. 
and Tennessee. Michael Tennessee. Michael Thomas, uh, Emmanuel Sanders now as well, and Jared Cook. We've got a solid offense as well as a great defense to back them up. So I think that they have a really good chance at making it to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, that's well, if they don't play Minnesota. Yeah, they cannot play Minnesota in the playoffs, no. or they will lose on a terrible passing interference call at the end of the game. If we would have done this ranking preseason the last two years, I would have had the Saints at number one. And I think what you said is exactly right. They have the best roster in the NFL. Um, Drew Brees is not the quarterback he once was, but I think he's still good enough. I think he's still solid, really solid. I mean, yeah. his efficiency is amazing. He's one of the I most accurate passers can, of all time. Yep. I think he can lead them to a Super Bowl, and there's not a single thing of their team that I feel like I can nitpick at. Yeah, there's that not I feel a weakness. That not solid. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I have them at number one. Over teams like Baltimore, over teams like Kansas City, over teams like San Francisco. Yeah, Kansas City is our number one. Unanimous except for to Toby, who has them at third or fourth, actually, correct? Yeah, Toby has the Chiefs uh, at yeah. fourth. You, you went Saints, Ravens, Niners, Chiefs, the Super Bowl defending Chiefs. Um, I suppose I suppose the reason I say I put the Chiefs at number one is because the way power rankings work, if I say this team will be every team that they play on a neutral field, I would pick the Chiefs over everyone at this point just because of, you all know Mahomes. it, Patrick Mahomes. I, that's what I got to say. Yeah, he is a winner, and he is a guy who can put a team on his back. I mean, look at what he did against the Texans in the AFC Championship last year. Or was well, it divisional? Yeah, played, yeah, divisional? Divisional round, thank you. They played the Titans in the yes. Um, it was well, just he did it against them, too. Yeah, just the <laughs> comeback. Bad, though. I mean, he came back against the 49ers, too, and that amazing defense. He came back in every game of the playoffs. Absolutely yeah. crazy. The fact that he can just say, you know what, we're going to win this game, and then just goes out and does it. I mean, he, he is an amazing talent. One of the guys, I don't know if we've seen many players like him before. If he stays healthy, he's going to probably break every record. He very well yep. could. He very well yep. could. I hope he doesn't. I mean, I hope he stays healthy. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. Every Brady record possible. <laughs> I, I would love it if uh, Brady can hold on to at least the Super Bowl record, six Super Bowls. But, man, Mahomes in his, what, third This will be his third year or his fourth year? This will be yep. his fourth year in the league. Yep. Um, and he just... Man, he's clearly the best in the league. Just amazing quarterback. So, and they've got a solid team too. I mean, Tyreek Hill, Marquis, uh, Nicole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, just drafted CEH. They've also got Darwin Thompson and uh, Darrell Williams, who are, you know, they're not amazing running backs, but they're talents who have shown that they have talent in the league. So, amazing offense with a much better defense as well. They've got the Honey Badger there now too. So, they had one of the best defenses of the yeah. last half of the season last year. Yes, they yeah. did. And that's the only question mark I have is can they keep that up? That's why I have them at four is I feel like the other teams I have ahead of them, the Niners, the Ravens, and the Saints are more well-rounded. But the ultimate X factor is quarterback. So I can completely understand why. I mean, they won the Super Bowl last year with Patrick Mahomes basically Mm -hmm. carrying them. And to the defense's credit, they kept them in the Super Bowl because Patrick Mahomes played possibly the worst game of his life for the first, what, 50 minutes of that game? It was and bad. just like, ah, oh, let me play now. <laughs> and so, Well, I mean, to be uh, fair, Damian Williams said, let me play now. Yeah, well, he should have won MVP. <laughs> he should have won MVP, oh, no, let's yeah, be honest. He should have. But that's why I have the Chiefs lower. Um, I'm as big a Patrick Mahomes fan as anyone, so I, I don't disagree with having them at number one. I just still have questions about their defense and will they be able to keep up the consistency they had at the end of the year that propelled mm-hmm. them to a Super Bowl victory. Sure. All right, you guys ready for some trivia? Yeah, let's do it. As ready as I'll ever be. Okay. Speaking so, of, Robles just robbed a home run. Did he? Indians are tied 3-3. Three, three. 
We were uh, it was a two run home run by Austin Riley. Nice. We're down one. Sorry, nice. I had to get that off my chest. It's all right. It's okay. I'm spitting angry out here. Sorry. Are oh, we spitting angry? Did we <laughs> talk about the fact that Porzingis got the weakest ejection ever in uh, game one? Didn't see it. I didn't see it either. Clipper. Trivia. Oh, he. <laughs> oh, he got called for a technical because uh, in the first half. Was it a because, CC technical? It was pretty weak. He blocked a shot, and you know, initial reaction, no, that was did something like that, called a technical, and then later on, and uh, believe it was the middle of the third quarter. Luca and Marcus Morris got tangled up. Luca kind of got frustrated because Marcus Morris was holding on too long, kind of, you know, get off me kind of thing. And then Kristaps came in and kind of separated them. I guess you could say he was a bit of an instigator. So I could see the technical on that one to an extent. Mm -hmm. But he ends up with two techs, gets ejected, basically ruins the last 18 minutes of that game because it was close up to that point. I'd say the edge was even going towards the Mavericks Mm because the Clippers could not find a way to stop them. Kind of ruin the end of that game. That's not cool. Frustrating. Breath should never that, impact the outcome of a game. Yeah, and on top of that, five minutes later, Dansby Swanson hit a walk-off home run. It was not a good night me. for you last night. <laughs> it was a very good night. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Toby. All right, on to trivia. So we don't have any high heat today. Uh, I guess it's just it is what it is. I know it's you guys' favorite category fan, so I'm sorry to let you down. I promise we'll have something for you next week. But here we go. Multiple choice. If you can answer the question before I give you the choices, you will have um, two points. And if you get it after I give you choices, you get one. So I'm going to flip a coin. Toby, you get to go first when we do choices. You are an absolute idiot. All right. So what is the diameter of the throwing circle used in the shot put track and field event? Uh, I got you on the Olympics. Yeah. You guys did your Olympics talk last week, which is amazing. You guys had Toby and Wes, kudos last week on your comeback. That that uh, ten t- top ten medal teams question last week, I was listening to it. Very impressive. Very impressive. The fact you guys got Australia blew my mind. Blew my mind, too. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, man. But the thing what blew my mind is how long it took you to get Germany. I was like, come on, guys. Germany and China. Those are definitely two and three. Get to get, get it together. Um, But, yes. I don't know, so I'm going to have to wait for the uh... – Okay. Um, you don't want to guess, but I'm I'm not gonna risk it. All right, here you go. This is the circle with which the ball needs to land inside, right? Or no, it's the ball that he throws from. Yes. Yep. Is it twelve feet, ten feet, seven feet, or five feet? The diameter. The diameter. So from one end to one end. Well, my original answer was in the multiple choice, but it's probably gonna be wrong. But I'm gonna go with it. Okay. Well, wait for Toby. I'm going to go with seven. I'm going to go 12. The men's shot put competition has been a part of the modern Olympics since 1896 with a seven-foot circle. Nice. So that is one point to Toby. I'm Thanks. telling you, I, I am so bad at this Oh, trivia. yeah, you're horrendous. Hey, but I'm still beating Toby. He hasn't been here. <laughs> well, hey, this is Toby's yep. chance. Um, Okay, let me go ahead and put down my tally here. All right, and next question, number two. Achieved by the Montreal Canadiens, and that's how they say it. They don't say Canadians. They say Canadiens. Yep. What is the record for most goals scored by one team in an NHL game? Most goals scored in a single game by the Canadiens. The Canadiens defeated the Quebec Bulldogs in March of 1920. The Bulldogs scored oh, three boy. goals. They played hockey in 1920? Apparently they did. They did in Canada. That's for dang sure. <laughs> That's all they could do. 
I have no idea. I have no idea. Okay. The options are 16, 14, 10, and 12. James, you're first. 14. I'll go with 12. It was 16, a score of 16 to 3 against the Quebec Bulldogs in 1920. So no points awarded. Score is That's 1 to 0, James. Did they just play with an empty net for the entire period? 16 goals, man, heck? in three periods. That's absolutely nuts. I don't know what happened, but they scored 16 goals. Awarded since 1926, the Swaithling Cup is contested in which sport? Swaithling? Swaithling Cup. Can you say it with a list? Swaithling. <laughs> Awarded uh, since 1926. Go ahead and shoot yeah, to give, it. Give us that multiple okay. choice. Is it tennis, table tennis, athletics, or badminton? What is well, athletics? It's yeah. like uh, the decathlon. Yeah. yeah. What is it? Tennis, table tennis, athletics, and what? Badminton. badminton. Uh, since I've never heard of it, I'm gonna go with badminton. I want to go badminton, but I got, I'm going to go table tennis just for funs. The Swayathlon Cup has been awarded since 1926 in the sport of ping pong, also known as table tennis. <laughs> it has been dominated by China. Dominated. You think? <laughs> you think? You know, no, I'm not going to say it. Next question. Probably for the best. This question I made on my own. I did some research on it because I thought it was pretty cool. There have been 12 Triple Crown winners in the history of MLB including two repeats. Those repeats being uh, Mickey Mantle and who was the other one? Rogers Hornsby, I believe. No? Okay. Eh, maybe. I don't remember what the other one was. Miguel Cabrera is the most recent to win the Triple Crown. Who was the most recent before him? It was in 1967. 67? Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the... So, yeah. almost 40 years between the two. Uh, Actually, almost I remember when he won it. I yeah, remember it was nuts. About it time. Um, I'm not good with decades. And, and if you don't remember, Miguel Cabrera, or what a triple crown is in baseball, you do not win the three best, best races in uh, horse races, not the Kentucky Derby and whatever the other two are. Yeah, you have to have the highest, the highest batting average, uh, the most home runs, and the most RBI. So here are your options. Frank Robinson, Carl Yastrzemski, Al Kaline, or Roberto Clemente? James is first, right? James is first in this one. Frank Robinson, Carl Yastrzemski, Al Kaline, and Roberto Clemente. Why do they all have to be so easy to pick? <laughs> I could easily pick I'm going to go with the one I least think. I'm going to go Kaline, Kaline, whatever. I Because, Toby, I did choose the some of the best hitters in 1967. I'm so. going to go with uh, Clemente. Roberto Clemente had the highest batting average in baseball that year at 357. However... It was in the National League. Carl Yastrzemski had the American League Triple Crown with 44 uh, home runs, 121 RBI, and a 326 batting average. So a good season. It was a pretty solid season, especially for the 60s when they didn't hit a lot of home runs. Yeah, so still 1-1. One, one. It comes down to the final question. This one goes to whoever is closest. Whomever? Whoever, whomever. Whoever is closest. Yeah, whoever. Um, and it relates to our uh, earlier topic of baseball being boring. Anyways, yep, <laughs> here's the question, and I want you guys to have your answer in your head so you, you can't like hedge each other's bets. You know what I mean? So you can't right. say, oh, I'm just going to go one minute under, one minute over. How many total minutes of action are in an average baseball game? 
Oh, yes. Oh, How man. How many total minutes of action are in an average baseball game? There was a study oh. that went out by the Washington Post. What was it? I'm going to read you guys a little bit of this. Okay, by action, is a pitch considered action? A pitch is considered action. It was studied by the Wall Street Journal. Oh, so it's not like in between innings, just gameplay itself. Um, yes, so action considers base runners moving over, pitches, or balls being oh. hit in play, and pitches being thrown. Okay. I would have been way too high. <laughs> oh, Who's that's first? hard. I think we're just going to do it kind of the same time. You're, yeah, just get your answer and let me know when you're ready. Whoever's closest will get the point and win the round. Just come down to the last question. All right, maybe five seconds to come up with an answer. Five. I know James loves these countdowns. Four, three, two, one. You ready? Sure. Yep. All right, three, two, one. Fifty. Nine minutes, six seconds. So Toby is considerably closer. It's 18 minutes of total action. So so pitching, hitting. 50 seconds. 18 minutes. minutes. Oh, minutes? Yeah, 18 minutes. So here's how it worked. Uh, there was a study that was done where he had a stopwatch and started it every time a pitcher threw the ball um, and stopped it once the catcher caught it. Uh, every time. I the whole sequence. Nope. Doesn't matter. I would have still got it wrong. Way yep. off. So once he started his windup and once the catcher caught it, uh, every time a base runner was moved over um, and every time a ball was put into play, it all counted. So balls in play or runners advancing averages five minutes and 47 seconds per game. Uh, all the rest of the time is either a pitch being thrown. So such as pitches, foul balls, and pickoffs accounted for 12 minutes and 11 seconds. In addition, Moyer broke down, so the guy did the study, other types of action. One was the time between batters. In a game, there are 33 minutes and 39 seconds in between the batters. Uh, this included knocking the weight, weighted donut off the bat, uh, announcing the batter, the walk-up song, cleaning cleats, etc., Another was time between innings, which is 42 minutes and 41 seconds. But easily the biggest chunk of dead time was time between pitches at one hour, 14 minutes and 49 seconds. So most of baseball is easily uh, batters coming up to the plate, 42 minutes between innings and over an hour in between individual pitches. All right. So you want to hear an interesting one to add on to that? You said 18 minutes of gameplay for football is 11. Football is 11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so people say, oh, it's just... But here's the thing. The action in football is a l- much more considered to be action because you're not just actually watching one pitch. This is considering a pitch to be an action. A football play, you can have five seconds and you gain 12 yards on a really cool play. You know what I mean? Well, I'm also assuming that their action is not considering people running in motion, which if you watch some NFL teams is 30 seconds of action. <laughs> yeah, especially. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> Uh, but there's a pie chart that I'm looking at that shows what's action considered to what's not, and it is egregious. But anyways, I thought that was a cool little stat. I thought you guys would like that. That's our show for today. You guys bring any interesting stats or stories to me? Um, you guys have been slacking lately. Come on. You weren't even on the show last week, Blacker. <laughs> oh, I had a baseball oh, game. Oh, oh. <laughs> I got it. I got it. All right, Toby, uh, what you got? This better not be like that one that you just brought up out of nowhere that one time. <laughs> Roy Williams. <laughs> Continue. Sorry, Toby. Sorry, no. Toby. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> the Nationals had the first player born in the 2000s. Oh, yeah. Run. Yep. Luis Garcia. You're welcome. Hit one the other day. <laughs> You're welcome because the Braves <laughs> threw the pitch. <laughs> and uh, I will say, he uh, 
Luis Garcia has decided that he wants to impersonate Juan Soto essentially, and I, he looks just like him when That's he's a good person to, to associate. He's a little bigger, and, I feel like he's a huge dude. Oh uh, yeah, but either way, if you watch the two of them enough, uh, the other day I flipped on the game and you could see like a little two on the thing, and I just assumed it was Soto. It was Garcia. Spreads out with two strikes, chokes up on the bat, looks just like Juan Soto, acts just like him. Hmm. I like it. Hmm. Like it. Well, hey guys, good show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. As always, you can subscribe to our channel on Facebook. Make sure you follow us or subscribe on iTunes um, or Apple Podcasts, as they call it, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> James is showing off his fantasy football trophy. We also will have a fantasy football segment coming up soon, uh, maybe next week or the week after. Me. Yeah. Do well. I get kicked off for that segment? No, nah, you're welcome, you're Toby. We need out. we need all kinds of players to share. We need the worst people too. Yeah. Um, but please be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We post a lot of good videos to Facebook. We break them up into little five minute segments. So if you like watching in that way, you don't have to listen to the whole full hour and twenty minutes. You don't have to. All right. Thanks so much for listening and or watching. We'll see you next week. As always, please be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our channel on YouTube where we post the full-length episodes as well as shorter videos for you to check out there. And a special thank you this episode to Tim Foster for the intro and outro music. If you or your friends have any music you would like to hear played on Swinging Bunt, then please email that to swingingbuntbsbl at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.